Whether you're a single rider or a party of two or more, welcome to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we're your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at MouseMadnessPod or send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com. We're back, Kyle. Episode number eight. Here we are. We are back and we are in the parks. We have breaking down who our favorite four, our top four DCA rides are. And I'm excited to figure out who is truly the best of Disney's California Adventure. Also returning for this episode is our good friend Kadeem. What's up, Kadeem? Not much. I am feeling great and happy to be here. Have you thought any more about our final four rides we have left here? I thought a lot about it after um, the the recording of the last show. But since then, um, I've tried to like blank it out of my mind to, to just come back fresh without any like preconceived notions. No overanalyzing. Got it. That's 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 a good strategy. Well, uh, before Love we it. dig into all that stuff, I guess we should talk about our spoonfuls of sugars that we have today. Kyle, what you got? I went a little uh, a little simple today because uh, as we were talking off air, we're both in the middle of some pretty heavy work schedules, so I didn't have quite enough time to prepare a heavy spoonful of sugar so i went out and i got myself a hazy ipa um and the the haziness reminded me a little bit of the grizzly river rapid run uh uh, splash area where it's all misty and stuff and so we're just gonna call this the uh the grizz hazy yeah i also kind of went the lazy route this week um i also went the lighter route this week last week's boozy dole whip um had me out of commission for a few <laughs> hours after we recorded oh, so no. i went for the drink of choice for the summer of 2019 the sparkling spiked seltzer it's not a white claw and it's not a truly it's a smirnoff and it's a pina colada so uh it's not great but <laughs> low calorie and uh 4.5 percent alcohol so not bad It'll get the job done really for the what, episode. I don't, I don't really know what to call it. It's like a. That's all right. It's a. It's the summer drink of this this summer, and you're just hopping on the bandwagon and bringing it into into our world. Kareem, what do you got? I have a bucket full of Pacifico, so I am gonna call it the uh, Barbosa bucket. Love that Ooh. a lot. I love how we're over here saying, yeah, you know, we're going to have a beer, and uh, yeah, I went the light route and have seltzer, and Kadeem's over there. Yeah, I have an entire bucket of Pacifica. That's how Kadeem drinks. Hey, I love it. I also have um, an Arizona iced tea. Gotta stay hydrated. Ah, of course, yes. All right, before we hop into this Final Four episode... We thought it'd be fun to uh, talk a little bit about D23, which is the the Disney fan club 
convention that is going to be coming up here pretty soon. This this convention happens every two years. Um, it's usually a place where Disney will announce new park stuff. They will announce new upcoming movie stuff. Um, and there's always some sort of little surprise that's hidden in there. And So I believe two years ago is when they announced uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and showed renderings and told everybody when it was going to be open. So we thought it'd be fun if we hopped in and and gave some predictions for this upcoming D23. Um, Chris, what do you think Disney is going to do and what are they going to announce at this upcoming D23 convention? There's definitely a lot to look forward to and I've seen a lot of videos and articles and tweets speculating uh, the types of things that they could announce. A lot of people are expecting Disney to make some counter move to the new Universal Park that was announced for Orlando. Uh, I'm not sure that they're going to announce like a fifth Disney World theme park. Uh, Certainly not a third California gate. But one prediction I saw that I think probably will happen is at least one, probably two more Disney cruise ships, Um, the names of them. But I want to present a more original prediction. I am going to say that Disney, whether it happens at this year's D23 or somewhere down the line, Disney is going to rename and rebrand Hulu to make it seem like it's more in the Disney brand umbrella. I was thinking of naming it something more along the lines of like beyond ABC or something like that, just to kind of, I don't know, bring it back, bring it back home. Yeah. I like that prediction. I think that I'm going to go with the, the rumor mill route where we've, it's always been in the cards that at some point Disney is going to do something about Disneyland's Tomorrowland, whether that's do some sort of updating to it. People way before Galaxy's Edge uh, became a thing thought that that's where Star Wars land was going to take place and they're going to rip out everything and just make it Star Wars themed. I'm going to go, I think, a little bit more practical and I think that uh, I have two things. One, I think that they're going to find a use for the people mover tracks and I think that it's might not be the people mover as we know it and it's definitely not the what is it tda over in uh disney world but there's some they're going to make use of that track and that infrastructure to do something whether it's put a show building up there and create an entire new ride that just runs to the middle of tomorrowland i don't know but they're going to do something with that track and with that uh, extinct attraction and they're going to get rid of the kind of like space rocks in front of the astro orbiter they're going to open up that bad boy let the crowd flow be a little bit easier, especially if they're going to do something with the people mover tracks. They're gonna ha- there's gonna be an influx of guests, so they're gonna need to open up that entrance. And it's honestly about time that those space rocks left. I agree, and I agree that it's time to do something with those people mover tracks, whether you tear them down or you put something on it, whatever. Kadeem. Do you have any sort of prediction for what Disney might announce at this upcoming D23 convention? I do think that they're not necessarily, well, yeah, I guess announce uh, more Disney Plus stuff. Um, I don't think that they're going to rebrand Hulu. Uh, um, I think they're just going to keep it on the, the umbrella and other things like that they have. 
because uh, you know ESPN's not going to change, right? And that's part of the Disney Plus package that they're offering. Um, I think you know standard standard uh, Marvel stuff is going to come out too. There's always um, a few Marvel announcements, which is what I'm probably most excited for. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah, we're waiting for a lot a lot of confirmation on details for the new Marvel area of California Adventure, which will hopefully make this episode of the podcast dated by the time that it opens. Yep, I think it will. I think that uh, I think that our if any prediction of ours will come true, I think yours is going to be the more realistic one. I think that it, they might not change the name of Hulu, but they're definitely going to change its brand overall to more fit what disney is doing i think you're on track with that um but speaking of tracks we have a few rides that operate on tracks really bad segue but i think we need to hop into this final four uh debate here yeah and and before we dig into our final four i just want to talk a little bit about some of the feedback we've received from this last bracket love it Specifically, a lot of people loving the Guardians of the Galaxy attraction. Oh, here we go. Hop on the soapbox. Let us know. And as time has gone by since we released that episode, I have become more firm on my stance that this <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy ride is just... Here's the thing. is I love Guardians of the Galaxy. I don't think that that ride does guardians of the galaxy justice i think that i would have preferred they just take the whole thing down just knock down the tower build something new there the way this guardians of the galaxy ride in california adventure came about was that bob Iger realized that disney had owned marvel for four or five years and there was no marvel in the california disney parks they can't use them in the Florida parks because of the universal contract that exists. Um, but Iger was like, we have Marvel. Why haven't we done anything yet besides like Thor and Spider-Man walking around the park? Uh, we got to get some rides going here. And it was just, it felt like very thrown together. It happened really quick. The um, ride was not down for very long for them to convert it from Garden, from Tower of Terror to Garden of the Galaxy. And I don't know, just the way that that was handled just doesn't really sit well with me, you know? I mean, yeah, it's it was a beloved attraction and certainly your, your heart and mine. And I think that where our biases lie is that we're also such big Twilight Zone fans and we could appreciate the kind of weirdness of Twilight Zone. Yeah. But folks yeah. that aren't, just went to this Tower of Terror and didn't really connect to it like we did. Um, but they can connect to Gardens of the Galaxy, which is completely fine. It's obviously not. It feels like, honestly, it feels like an ex who like, <laughs> is now dating someone else that has completely changed them into like a different person. It's like, it's like, wow, I never thought you would be into that, but I guess that's where you're at now, you know? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. I can see it. And it's, it sounds like it's going to be here to stay. Well, you know what? It's not in our bracket anymore, so we can move on. All right. First matchup. Here we go. It is number one, Radiator Springs, versus number four, 
Incredicoaster. I am... Here, here's where I lie within the DCA kind of what I do when I get there. I usually grab a fast pass and I hop on Radiator Springs, and then I don't see that attraction for the rest of the my time at the park. In Coaster, I tend to ride that a few times, um, especially with its new overlay, which I really like. However, I think that Radiator Springs as a Disney attraction does so much better than the Incredicoaster because the Incredicoaster essentially was a rust job that they just needed to retrofit the coaster to fit this new overlay of the rest of the pier. So where they could have maybe put in animatronics, doesn't even have to be audio animatronics, could just be moving figures in these show tunnels and even along the track itself, they're just static figures that are just there with audio playing around, which is fine because the coaster moves quickly, but you you match that up with the quality of the animatronics and the audio animatronics and Radiator Springs Racers and just the dynamics of it and, and how you're going through a dark ride, but then you're also on a high-speed, air quotes, uh, uh, race at the same time. Like, this... Radiator Springs Racers takes what people love about Fantasyland and what people love about coasters and kind of smash it together, throw an IP on it, put in incredible audio animatronics, and they've created one of the most popular lands and uh, rides in all of Disney parks, really. So I think that, unfortunately for me, this one, uh, Radiator Springs Racers is going to move on to the final for me. I believe in the last episode, I kind of talked about the things that I don't love about Radiator Springs Racers enough, um, so I'm not going to beat a dead horse. I'm going to do the thing that I'm sure you love that I do, and that's reference the name of this bracket. <laughs> Best Disney's California Adventure Ride. Yeah. Disneyland and Disney's California Adventure are completely different things, and I expect completely different things from those parks and those experiences, right? When I'm at Disneyland, I expect immersive theming, deep, complex storytelling, and emotional experiences. California Adventure, I'm looking for some thrills. To me, the Incredicoaster provides that. I agree with what you're saying, that Radiator Springs is the best of like what Disney offers you know that that theming and high quality animatronics and stuff like that but if we're talking about california adventure itself i think incredicoaster represents what that park really means to theme park goers uh it's your grown-ups version of disneyland if you will um i really cannot imagine the park without the incredicoasters or california screaming uh, that skyline over the um, lake is iconic. It's postcard worthy. Um, and yeah, I couldn't imagine it without it. Raider Springs Racers, newer ride on the block. You know, like you said, like you ride it once, get it out of the way just because you know it's a long wait and a popular attraction. But if you're talking about rides with repeatability, Value, Incredicoaster to me is one of the tops of 
the list. I wish I remembered what ride we talked about last episode because you employed the argument about this is the more quintessential Disney ride and you use that to win over uh, a less quintessential Disney ride. But now, here we are and it's that's not expected anymore because it's Radiator Springs Racers. And now I'm wondering if there's a little... Uh, Chris doesn't like the ride as much as... And want- well, here's the thing. Here's the thing is I think you might be right. I think you might be onto something. I think there might be an, a Radiator Springs Racers bias. Maybe you're yeah. you're a little exhausted of the ride. Maybe that's what it hey, is. Hey. All right. It's going to go to a tiebreaker. So we're going to have to give it to Kadeem. All right, you guys. Um, <laughs> I actually, I really do think uh, Radiator Springs is very quintessential Disney. And I I absolutely loved California Screaming, but I was not a fan of all of the, the I guess, rebranding, renaming, and retrofitting um, of, the, of, like, California Screaming and also Soaring Over California. And even, like, the changes that they made to Tower of Terror. I was really into those older rides before they were changed. And uh, I, I like the California theme, you know? Um, but I do have to say that uh, the Incredicoaster, I'm pretty sure it is uh, one of the longest roller coasters in the world with an inversion. And so that makes it very one-of-a-kind. And it puts the adventure in California Adventure. So in Coaster it is. Alright. Got him. Yep. There it is. I guess it really does put the adventure in California Adventure. And I hate that that's what was just used against me. But here don't we are. Don't blame. Listen, don't blame the ride. Blame the name of the theme park. Blame the vision of the theme park. Blame Michael the, Eisner for. There's a lot to blame about California Adventure. That's for sure. All right, and Credit Coaster moves on. Chris, what is the next matchup? Next up, we have number two, Soren versus number three, Midway Mania. So here's something I really like about Soren, the pre-show, all right? Patrick Warburton is the captain guy. Are you going to do the voice? That's given the, that's given the safety spiel, and he's like, Hello, this is your captain speaking. <laughs> oh yeah, these little beauties. <laughs> nice work, pal. And oh yeah, have a nice flight. That's so scary. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, love the pre-show. Um, I, it, it's tough. Uh, the the problem with using kind of the universal model where you base a ride off of a really popular IP right now, wait till that IP is no longer popular, demolish the ride or retheme the ride. It's great. It draws people into the park and might increase your attendance numbers um, for a while. But it really doesn't leave a lot of room for those, you know, nostalgic feelings about these rides. And, 
you know, you look across the Esplanade to rides like Pirates of the Caribbean and Haunted Mansion, who celebrated its 50th birthday this week. You look across the Esplanade and you see some of these classic Disney attractions like Pirates of the Caribbean and the Haunted Mansion, which just celebrated its 50th birthday last week. Um, And you go on that ride and you get in that stretching room and tons of the passengers on the ride are saying the ghost host spiel. Uh, and everyone knows the words, and it's because Disney left it the way it was, and you know they let the nostalgia set in. They could have easily put Eddie Murphy on that ride after the Haunted Mansion movie came out, and you know tried to force a Haunted Mansion cinematic universe or whatever, you know, uh, but they didn't. They left it alone, and. Those moments of nostalgia are part of the reason that I love the park, you know? If we're just bringing IPs in and out willy-nilly, it doesn't leave room for those, you know, classic quotes and stuff. And Soren still has that with the Patrick Warburton intro for me. Uh, Obviously not as old as, like, narration in the Haunted Mansion, but you know that that is probably going away soon, and it breaks my heart. It really does. You know, the footage has already been updated. I'm sure 3D is coming to the ride very soon. Uh, And it's only a matter of time before that pre-show gets changed, axed, updated. I don't know. (laughs) And then on the other side of this matchup, you have Toy Story Midway Mania, a much newer ride that really relies on technology. (laughs) And I'm totally going to go against the nostalgia rant that I just went on. (laughs) Uh, to me, Midway Mania is the more enjoyable ride. Um, I think Soren's one that's really accessible to um, people who aren't really thrill seekers, um, people who might uh, get nauseous easily for a ride that like lifts you up high. Uh, like my mom gets super nauseous, super queasy very easily, and she loves riding on Soren, but she loves Midway Mania too. Um, I just find Midway Mania to be a very enjoyable ride. Um, I love the competition aspect, love the athleticism aspect, hand-eye coordination aspect. I'm a competitive guy, so I might be biased a little bit. Um, And I think that it's a way to effectively insert an IP into the park. Um, that uh, it feels very organic having those Toy Story characters in this ride. Um, I think the format is perfect for those characters and for that property. Um, does it fit in the Paradise Pier or Pixar Pier or whatever section of the park? No, that's a whole nother story, but pretty much every ride in the park has that issue. So, um Midway Mania is getting the pass for me over Soren. I'm going to start off by employing the Kadim theory in which uh, Soren directly applies to the name of the park. You are quite literally on an adventure and you're quite literally in California, not only physically, but then also in this experience in which you're flying overseas from all over California. Um, now, um, I think for me, from start to finish, from the minute I step in line until I get off the ride and I'm walking out, what really puts uh, Soren over the edge for me, 
uh, over Toy Story Midway Mania is when you're in line for Midway Mania, and this has slightly changed recently. They changed the queue just ever so slightly. You're in a bunch of switchbacks in the direct sun under sparse umbrellas, and then you would walk through these hallways that had, like, fake uh, carnival Toy Story posters, which were, like, cute and fun, whatever. They didn't have AC. They had a, a ceiling fans that were just running until you finally boarded the uh, the attraction. Soren, if you're stuck outside, it sucks. You're over an awning, and you're just in a bunch of switchbacks. But what's so awesome about it is once you enter this, like, airplane hangar, around you is just the history of flight, and a lot of it is uh, specific to California, and you can learn about the first women pilots, you can learn about the first uh, African-American uh, uh, Air Force fleet, you can learn about just about anything that takes place uh, in the world of flight, including space travel. And so as you're standing in this nice air-conditioned hangar, you are learning things about flight, and you are learning things about California and how it relates to flight. And then you get put into these little corrals, and you get to watch the uh, Patrick Walburn spiel, which is, as you've brought up, is incredible, and it's timeless, and it's going to suck if they take it away, and it's going to suck if the thing goes into 3D and they just completely put it all uh, put it all away, but it's such an enjoyable little spiel. Then you hop into this massive theater, hop onto these uh, ride vehicles, and you're, you're flying through California, and scents are pumped in, wind's pumped in. doesn't maybe not necessarily feel like you're flying, but enough to make somebody queasy, as you brought up. Um, and it's just, you, you're smiling the entire time and you get off and you're like, that was a great ride. Uh, I don't really find that sort of satisfaction or complete experience when I ride, uh, Toy Story Midway Mania. Um, I enjoy the competitive aspect of it. Um, but it's, I think that I appreciate the enjoyment value out of Soren more than I do the competitive nature of Toy Story Midway Mania, and so I'm going to move Soren along, which means we are going to go to Kadeem to break yet another tie here in our final four. Oh, wow. This one's a rough one, honestly. Um, I absolutely love Soren. I remember the first time I went on it when I was, I don't know how old, but I was a little kid, and... Uh, I just was blown away. I thought it was the best thing ever. Um, the Toy Story one, it, it does have a lot of uh, great entertainment value. And uh, I really do like the competitive aspect and the part about it where you get to enjoy things with you, with like your friends or whoever you're with. Um, the... I'm going back to, to Soren really quick because that was like the first ride right there that ended up launching a bunch of other rides and other theme parks, uh, uh, Disneyland parks, you know, around the world. Now there's a bunch of other ones just like it. So it's kind of uh, a trendsetter in that sense. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I bottom line, I think it comes down to like if I'm you know with a group, I'm gonna go Toy Story. But if I'm by myself, I'd go Soren. And I think that when you're judging a ride, you have to judge on its standalone entertainment value. So Soren, it is. Oh, oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> That was there were twists and turns. There were twists and turns on that. I had no idea what was gonna happen. Oh, that was a cliffhanger if I've ever heard one. Oh my god. Now that goodness. was a California adventure in it. <laughs> so we have reached it. The final two, the two best Disney California adventure rides. And it is number four, the Incredicoaster. First number two, Soren Around the World. First of all, I would like to say I'm very proud that two kind of original California Adventure attractions made it to the top of this bracket. Yeah, I mean, in there. Kind of unexpected because the whole disaster that is California Adventure came from the whole idea that all of these rides are terrible. And here we have two that were essentially there on day one. Yeah, absolutely. At that end of this bracket. So is that original argument even really that valid i don't know the roster is not too deep but the highlights are pretty high absolutely so so maybe this park doesn't deserve uh you know all of the crap that it gets wow when we're talking about the ride that defines this park on the one hand you got incredicoaster an extremely thrilling roller coaster type ride now I have a soft spot for roller coasters. I love coasters. I am a coaster fan. My favorite ride at Universal Islands of Adventure is probably the Incredible Hulk coaster. Grew up going to Six Flags Magic Mountain. Loved the tallest, fastest rides. Could not wait till I was tall enough to ride Batman. I wanted to be a roller coaster designer when I was a young child. That was the first job I wanted. Some little kids want to be astronauts. I want to be a roller coaster designer. I still play roller coaster tycoon on the subway ride to <laughs> every single day. So <laughs> am I biased towards the Incredicoaster? <laughs> extremely. I'm extremely biased. Um I will I will Here's what it boils down to. Kadeem has his little definition for what makes a good ride and what doesn't make a good ride. My definition is, would you wait in a standby line for this ride? A lot of rides in California Adventure are the types of rides that you probably wouldn't want to stand in line and wait for. You know, get a fast pass for it, hop on, then hop off. Radiator Springs Racers, good ride. I would never wait in a standby line for it. Honestly, I don't think I've ever waited in a standby for Soren. And I don't know if that's just because the fast passes are generally pretty available for that ride. I honestly don't remember not waiting in standby for the Incredicoaster or California Screaming. Now, I don't know if it's unfair to kind of still be talking about this ride as if it's California Screaming. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's a pretty similar ride experience, just a little bit better. It's the type of ride that I think if I was bringing someone to California Adventure for the first time and they missed it, 
I would say they did not get their money's worth or they missed a can't miss attraction at the park. Uh, Soren, I think, is a good ride, and I think you can make the argument for that as well um, in that situation. But I, I just think Soren's more missable and probably more so now that it's Soren around the world and not Soren over California. So uh, my best Disney California adventure ride is the Incredicoaster. I am almost completely opposite i think that growing up in the bay area my entire life and knowing what the incredicoaster is supposed to be which is a seaside pier attraction um i grew up going to the santa cruz beach boardwalk where one of the oldest wooden roller coasters exists in the uh, giant dipper now it doesn't have a an inversion at all but it is still incredibly fast and incredibly fun. And I think that if I brought somebody to California Adventure and it's like, yo, like we have this much time, uh, you we can either do Soren or we can do Incredicoaster, I'd probably bring them to Soren. I think that Soren is an incredibly unique attraction that is very well themed, especially within its area. I mean, there's not much in its area to begin with, but that's on purpose. It's supposed to be an airfield. It's supposed to be like kind of in this nat- national park setting, and it's and it adds to that feeling the entire time. Um, and if I had somebody go on this roller coaster instead of Soren, I'd I'd feel guilty about it because you can ride these types of roller coasters, like you said, up the street at Magic Mountain, across the street at Knott's Berry Farms. You can ride a very similar seaside attraction that's actually by the sea in Santa Cruz. Um, I think that the the experience, especially for somebody who maybe this is their first time, going on Soren, maybe not quite knowing what it is, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty uh, impressive and what they can do and how they can sync up this uh, this video with a, a simulator that's not enclosed in a container. Like, that you're out in front of a massive screen and you can still feel like you're flying, and they did it very creatively. And I think that it's, it's what Disney's California Adventure was supposed to be from the beginning, and that's why it's lasted so long, is because it fits not only the park, but it is what the park is meant to be. And so... For me, Soren, in either form, is moving on. Oh, my God. (laughs) If I can make one rebuttal really quick, I want to talk about the theming. Just because it's themed well to Airplane Hangar doesn't mean that it's good theming. The Hollywood Studios land, what is it called? Hollywood... Yeah, Hollywood Land, just Boulevard? that area. The- themed, themed to like soundstage that's painted oatmeal brown. You wouldn't look at that and be like, "Oh, great theming!" Like it's just a boring, bland, empty concrete box. Yeah, it's accurate because that's what those buildings look like. But I don't think it's, I don't think that makes it a good theme. 
So I think the, the, I think the airplane hangar aesthetic is a cheap, cost-effective excuse to combine a facade and a show building into one. So great job cutting corners, Eisner. Great job. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know that I completely agree with that, but that's here nor there. I've already locked in my submission. Kadeem, I don't know that we've had to break to decide a uh, a best on this podcast yet by a tiebreaker. This might be a first, which means that Kadeem, I think you will be announcing the winner of this bracket without. Chris or I even knowing oh, what it baby. is. Baby. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, I am so honored to be given this responsibility. <laughs> I'm actually shocked that like every single one has been a tiebreaker. I expected to go into this like not having to talk at all. So, uh, I will keep it short and sweet. At the end of the day, I do not go to California Adventure without getting on the Incredicoaster. Oh my gosh. So, the Incredicoaster is the winner! Let's go, baby! Alright, ladies and gentlemen, much to my dismay, the best Disney California Adventure ride is a day one at its true form. It is the Incredicoaster. Let's clap this one out for our for our bracket. I do have a question for you guys. Uh, do it. If Midway Mania had made it instead of Soaring Over California, do you think it would be the same result? I probably would have still shot down Midway Mania, to be honest. I went into this recording with every intention of making Midway Mania the best ride. And <laughs> I changed my mind as soon as we started talking. <laughs> All right, interesting. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to part two of Best Disney California Adventure Ride. Uh, thank you for sticking around with us through eight episodes already. Kadeem, thank you so much for being the tiebreaker. You had quite the responsibility on this bracket, and we truly appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Uh, and let me know anytime you need a tiebreaker. I will be there. We love it. We love it. Well, if you have any suggestions on our next upcoming brackets, I think Chris and I have a pretty good one that's coming up in the next couple of weeks that you guys will be excited about. But if you have something you want to hear, or if you have any comments, you have any questions, you have any feedback at all for us, you can go ahead and tweet at us at MouseMadnessPod over on Twitter, or you can send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com. We love to read your emails. We love to read your tweets. Um, we we love you guys. Thank you for listening. Really appreciate it. It's, it's been something that's been kind of just a fun little hobby for us that we've turned into something that we enjoy doing every couple of weeks. So thank you for listening. Continue to rate us. Continue to uh, leave reviews. Uh, we take every sort of feedback into consideration. And until next time, one, two, three, four, five, go! <laughs> what was that? It was the takeoff for Credit Coaster. <laughs>